Hi people and hello my Chili Con Carnage crew, Chili here from Live Listen Erased. It's been a while since I've done an episode of Worst to Best Rankings, and of course you can already tell by the title of this episode what it's about, but we're going to be talking about Deftones, one of my most favourite bands of all times. Now, of course, Worst to Best is just a generic title. For me, even their least successful, or stuff that I would rank at the bottom I should say, is still very good. They're a band with no bad albums per se but when you're ranking these well some of them are going to sit at the bottom compared to the top of course but you know that's how a ranking list goes people now you're curious to see where i'm ranking these albums we're not just talking about the nine studio albums we're actually going to be including a few others for the bonus ones here we're going to be including uh, the two b-sides covers albums as well as the remix album and of course i will also be mentioning eros very much so on this list it's going to be an odd one it's going to be weird how do you discuss eros anyway we'll get to that so i was you know listening to the deftones uh, just recently for this episode because i thought at the end of the day when i'm going to mention this first album which is at the bottom of my list people are going to be very pissed they're going to be very annoyed that i put this album first but you know what for me it just didn't do it for me so Adrenaline is the first album that is going to be on the list here. And it's just an album that I never really enjoyed fully. It's very raw. It's the band at their most primal, I guess. And I just never really enjoyed it. The sounds that came from this record is... Well, raw. I, there's no other words that can describe it. It's very raw. It doesn't have the high production quality compared to you know, upcoming albums that'll be on the list, I don't, think, I don't like the guitar tone in this, it's just, and, you know, Chino's screaming half the record, and, uh, I, I get why people really do enjoy this album, I get why it's their favourite, you know, maybe you're an old school Deftones fan, and this is the first album you bought, and that is why, I can understand that reason, but I just, when you got you know, such a plethora of records to choose from, and let's say, you know, Deftones fans welcome in now. Are they going to listen to Adrenaline compared to, say, some of the other stuff coming up and just go, hmm, I'd like this one best. Maybe. Maybe they will. But for me, after all these years of listening to Adrenaline, I've never ranked it highly. I've never ranked it highly. It's always been towards the bottom of the list. That being said, I did play this album a couple of times yesterday, because I was thinking to myself, well, if I'm going to be discussing Adrenaline, I need to listen to it again, because it's all in the back of my mind from when I listened to it way back, and I can't recall a lot of the tracks, but when I went to play it, you know what, I was very impressed, <laughs> I know, turn around, eh, but I was very impressed by a fair few of these tracks, because this is a record that had like two really good songs and a couple of cool songs on there you know so you had of course nosebleed and you know seven words for example but i was also blown away by tracks like birthmark or engine number nine and they're songs i kind of forgot about when you're going over it though there's a lot of shit it's just a lot of screaming on other tracks like minus blindfold and i don't know Nosebleed's a good track as well, I guess, but, you know, there's just a lot of Chino just jumping, you know, into the mic, and there's simplistic guitar sound to them, and it reminds me of, I guess you could say, Mudvayne's very first album. You know, there's, there's a good example, I think, because 
you look at Mudvayne's very early album, um, The Beginning of All Things, I think it's called, that red cover album, and it's got that very raw, unedited kind of demo-ish sound. And then you compare it to what would become of the band, you know, The End of All Things, LD50, whatever, and they're vastly different. They're a band that had great ideas and would eventually get the money and the production quality to suit them. Same with Deftones, because you can hear some of the tracks here, like Engine Number no. 9, you know, Birthmark, all these songs showcase the band's ability to really lean into what they would become with their future tracks, rather than these hard hitters on, you know, Seven Words or Minus Blindfold Board. You know, really good tracks, still cool tracks. Uh, but when you listen to tracks like Birthmark or Engine Number no. 9, you're like, oh, I, I can see how that's where the band is going in the future. That's their sound they want to achieve. And, you know, like, it's still a cool record, but it's just one I don't play often. I kind of got to be in a very weird mentality, I guess, to be playing this one, especially considering the rest of what is coming. So, yeah, Adrenaline, unfortunately, sits at the lowest rank for me. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. You know, that's just what it is, unfortunately. So the next one on my list is going to be the Deftones album, Covers. And for me, it's not a bad album, but there are reasons why this one falls much lower on the list compared to another one that'll come up a bit later. So yeah, there's some interesting track lists here. You know, of course you've got tracks like Simple Man, which is a cover of Leonard Skinner. Uh, you have uh, Drive done by the Cars here. Uh, please, please, please let me get what I want by the Smiths. Duran Duran's The Schaefer, um, The Chauffeur. I always pronounce that word wrong. And of course, if only tonight we could sleep done live, originally by The Cure. There's a lot of cool tracks here, and then there's a lot of tracks I just don't really know. You know, for example, Say No Ordinary Love, uh, Jawbox Savory, The Cardigans, uh, Do You Believe, but they're not bad covers. And considering that it's written, I don't know, when was it written? About 10, 15 years or whatever ago. These. Well, probably much longer than that, but still, yeah, when they were, when these were written, it's obviously in their latter stages of their career when they evolved their sound, so there's some really cool tunes here, but for the very obvious reason from the next album that'll be up here, it just really um, feels like a rehash of old material. You know, the next one that's on the list for this list will be the B-Sides and Rarities album by Deftones. Now, if you want to hear, I guess, covers, you know, you can hear them on the B-Sides and Rarities. Of course, there are other tracks added into that mix from B-Sides and Rarities, of course, half that bloody name, but it's a better version because, what is it, something like six of the tracks that occur, you know, six or five of the tracks that are on the B-Sides and Rarities album are on the covers album and then you have all these other tracks that didn't make it that are really good you know be quiet and drive the acoustic version digital bath the acoustic version all these weird awesome tracks sinatra uh you know all these acoustic so many acoustic tracks that i forgot change house on the fly uh house of the flies sorry and you know had all these other ones savory wax and wane and all these other ones here and it's just so many cool songs that i love but uh, it's a better version. Like, if you want to listen to covers, just listen to B-Sides and Rarities. 
because half the bloody tracks that are on the covers album are on that album. So, yeah, that's why for me, B-Sides and Rarities is higher than the covers album. I love the album by covers, but, you know, I mean, B-Sides is just this black Deftones. <laughs> it's a very simplistic cover, but as you can obviously see in the corner. But, yeah, it, it's the better of the two when you're looking over this. So that is where it's at for me. The following album is going to be Eros. Yeah, we're going to talk about this. It's going to be brief, <laughs> but we're going to talk about how I ranked it this high. So yeah, of course we've mentioned the first album, mentioned the two B-sides albums, and now we're talking Eros, and it's ranked this high but this low for two reasons of well for the main reason is there's only three tracks three tracks that we know of anyway and i discussed this in an episode that should be out by now but basically retro review have a look at this i'm talking about eros and i discuss in depth about that uh, this album i should say it's the unreleased deftones album it was the album they were writing when Chi Chang had the accident, and of course they just shelved the entire project. When they got Sergio on board, they just did a whole new record. So to our knowledge, I think they said there was something like six or seven tracks that they named, but we've only got three that have been released as per se. There's And the three that are released are really decent. They're really good tracks. What is it? Tem, uh, Dallas, sorry. And there was two more songs that I'm just trying to think of. And they're in various states of being finished. You know, there's only one track that is absolutely completed. But um, the other two, one was a live recording, sorry. And the other one is unfinished with no vocals. But the... It's very interesting. The whole project it just shows off you know, I guess the capabilities of what the band was gonna go for what they were up for so yeah Dallas smile and uh, Melanie so Melanie was a live recording and it showed off the band really writing stuff that was akin to their first album adrenaline it's a very raw aggressive sound so I think that would have kept the old-school fans happy with that regard and then you go to, for example, Smile, which was more akin to their newest stuff that they were going for at that time, you know, 2008 or whenever it was. Um, and that one is a finished product and probably it's a really good track. It's unfortunate that you just can't really listen to it properly. So Smile is the only finished track from the record. And I do recommend, if you haven't heard it, to go out and listen to it because it is solid. It is a very solid track. Dallas is the other track that we are aware of and it's just an instrumental it's you know atmospheric it's really cool it's brooding it's dark it's all the stuff that you would expect from the Deftones just without Chino's vocals and you know there's a lot of I guess I'm jumping here but or reaching I should say but to me those three tracks are better than the other stuff that is above the list you know, if I've only got three tracks to rate it on and the three tracks are good, what can I say? It's going to be up there. <laughs> but because it's only three tracks and it's a short time, you know, run time, then it's also going to be ranking low. It would have been interesting to see what would have been, but I don't think we're ever going to see 
what is. And I discuss once again, check out my episode on the retro review of Eros because I discuss all of this a bit more in length and in detail. So if that's something that you are interested in, bam, link up in the corner if I haven't forgotten. Now let's go on to the next one here. The following one that I'm going to talk about is the Deftones White Pony 20th Anniversary version. Not, no, of course not the fucking album. I'm talking about the remix version of the album here. Now, for me, this, it's a a solid effort. It's, I mean, I don't know how much of an extent you can call it, because, yes, they're a bunch of remixes. But, at the end of the day, it's an interesting album. I know this gets a lot of hate from the people, the fan base and stuff like that, but I really enjoyed it, you know? There's a lot of stuff here that just works, there's a lot of tracks that don't. And I guess I can see maybe what they were trying to go for, maybe something like a reanimation like Linkin Park did back in the day, but it kind of didn't work as well, and I think that boils down to the one bit, uh, one particular thing, and that is the fact that they don't have Mike Shinoda. <laughs> So, you know, uh, Mike Shinoda really helped with the project of reanimation, and in particular, a lot of their remixes. So, you know, they're, they just don't have that ability to just go about remixing every single track that they write. It's not the Deftones, and I don't want it to become the Deftones either, to be honest. I'd rather that they did their thing. So, of course, they bring in a whole bunch of famous musicians to do covers of their album for the 20th anniversary of White Pony. You know, people like Clams Casino, DJ Shadow, I mean, damn. You know, uh, Blanc Mas, Paul Salva, Robert Smith is brought in for Teenager. Nice little uh, bringing back the old guard there, especially when you're talking about the B-sides and rarities, so that's cool. Purity Ring, uh, Mike Shinoda even makes an appearance here on Passenger. And, you know, other various musicians, Tourist, Square Pusher, Trevor Jackson, um, Josh Carter, Paul Salver, I think I mentioned him. But yeah, like, all the tracks, all the tracks are just remixed here. And some to varying degrees of success. You know, if I'm going to go into the album here and just look over the play counts and use that as a guide. For example, Change uh, in the House of Flies seems to be the biggest, sorry. No, that was, I was looking at the original album. Passenger, the Mike Shinoda remix, seems to be the biggest one. And to me, yes, that was one of the best tracks from the remix album. I didn't mind, you know, a few other ones like DJ Shadow's version of Digital Bath. Um, Purity Ring's Knife Party was okay. Career, I didn't mind. But then there's some versions that just didn't sit right with me. I think it was RX Queen and Elite. You know, it kind of felt like a lazy remix effort or just whatever I'm just going to pump up the noise and tempo and that's it it's done but it just doesn't sit well to me and you know reanimation brought in a whole bunch of artists but I don't think they were just random artists selected from here and there they kind of felt like they were in a bit of a tight group within each other there most on most of the part this one's just like we're going to pick some names here and we're going to get them to collaborate and work on each track individually and it was an interesting idea i just don't think it was fully implemented you know well enough so points for trying at least rather than just giving us a simple here's a 20th anniversary remastered version you know here's something that was a bonus extra and you know really caught my attention when it came out i loved it still enjoy tracks I just am probably not rushing back to play every single one of them. 
moving along to the next album on my list, and that's going to be Deftones Gore. This album, it's a bit of a tough one because I know it gets a lot of hate within the community. Maybe not hate, that's probably too strong of a word. It is disliked within the community a fair bit. You know, consider their weakest effort, and a lot of people say the production isn't really up to the quality. I don't hear that, but that's just me. I don't know. I thought it, the production was pretty good. It has some pretty cool tracks here, but in the grand scheme of things, yeah, it falls back, way back on the list. You know, I mean, there is some cool songs with you know Xenon Gore, Phantom Bride in particular, which features uh, Jerry Cantrell from Alice in Chains. Really sick track. Uh, I think it was Doomed User. The opening track, Prayers and Triangles, isn't too bad either. And I remember, I think, I saw them around this tour. And it was sick. It was a really good tour. And I enjoyed it. I had this album playing constantly for a long time. And really enjoyed it. But after the tour, I stopped listening to it. Went back to the other material. And this one kind of fell out of favour over time. It's, even when I go back to listening to it, I'm kind of like... Yeah, it's not bad, but I don't know why I enjoyed it as much as I did. Maybe because I was hyped up. Oh, I see Deftones, hell yeah, pumping this stuff and getting into that vibe. You know, uh, Geometric Headdress again, another track. But when you're going over this whole album, it really does seem to, I don't know, fall apart. It's just not as good as my memory serves me, I guess. Even the album cover, it's a bit of an odd one, so... Make of it what you will. I feel like this album will get very low on the list of many Deftones fans. I'm interested, actually. If you are a very big fan of Gore, tell me why. What's those tracks that really pump you up? Because, you know, there's, I think everyone who enjoys Gore gets overshadowed or um, you don't hear, we don't hear from you much, is what I'm trying to say. I want to hear why you love Gore so much. Let me know below in the comments, people. So this next album is probably going to annoy a few people. Hell, this whole list probably does anyway, who cares. But the next album that I'm going to put on is the Deftones self-titled album, which is going to be its 20th anniversary this month, people. Yeah. So, unfortunately, though, when it comes to this album, I mean, it was higher up for me in the list until very recently. But when I was replaying it, it felt a bit stale, bland in places. And in my mind, this was a very good album. It's heavy, it's what I like to hear from the band. But there's a lot of tracks that are really good. Well, good, you know, they're really good tracks. But there's only a handful that really stand out. You got Hexagram, for example. I love Hexagram. I freaking love that track. And Minerva, for me as well. But, you know, Lucky You, also a very good track. Good, moon, good morning, beautiful. Um, but then, there's a lot of tracks there that kind of just blend in with the rest of them and just go with it. Death Blow, with Girls, Telephone Boys, Battle Axe, all these other tracks, uh, Anniversary of an Uninteresting Event. And it does kind of lose, I don't know, it just loses something when you're listening to it. You know, it's, it, it's not as impressive as I once remembered it to be. For me, this was an album that was higher up, all my rankings, as I mentioned before. But after really going back and vi revisiting this whole thing, it's just not as good as it once was, unfortunately. 
and I hate to rake it so low, especially on its 20th anniversary, but it had to be done, people. I'm sorry to say it, it's just not as good as I remembered. The next one that I'm going to be ranking on this list is going to be Ohms. This is an album that, when I first played it through, I thought, yeah, it's okay, it's not that great. You know, it had the reverse effect, I guess, to the previous uh, self-titled album. It was a very good album. At the end of the day, after listening to it over and over, you know, I saw them uh, very recently when they came out to Australia, part of the festival, the Good Things Festival, and they were doing the Ohms tour. And it really gave me a chance to really come back and listen to this album, Ohms, which I kind of wrote off at the time, to be honest. When I went to listen to all these other songs back in the day, uh, sorry, back to it, it's like Pompeii, Spell of Mathematics, uh, Genesis was a pretty sick opener as well. What was the other one there? Radiant City, I think? It, it There's all these really cool songs on here that's just, it's an overlooked album because it's the last one out of the gates. You know, and everyone kind of just writes it off because of that reason, I feel. I think it is better than the self-titled album. I think it's a much more focused album. I think it's a very well-produced album. What is it? Terry Date has returned for this album as well. I know he, uh, I think he returned back from Gore as well. But, you know, I, th I think it's a better production by the band. It just might be unfortunate. It might be one of the last ones with Sergio. We don't know what's going to go there. But I don't think he's going to return, people. I'm just saying. I'm putting it out there. It'll be interesting to see who their new bass player is going to be, but who's going to replace Sergio, because I feel like he was a very good fit for the band. You know, he's a very talented musician. can play bass, play guitar, all this stuff. He was really good, really good fit. But, you know, when you're going over ohms, and it's cool, its artwork is really cool as well. Uh, if, you, if you looked at a <clears throat> bigger, uh, bigger cutout of it, if you looked at a bigger picture, I should say, all the dots... They have that effect, the visual effect, where it kind of looks like the lines are being linked together. And if you understand a little bit of electricity, it's like, you know, electrical diagrams and lines linked together can represent a line diagram that is an electrical diagram. Getting a bit confusing for people, but uh, I think it's a really cool visual when you're looking at this. And it's really sweet. It's a sick album, people. And I do think it's a much better listen to than the self-titled one. There's more memorable tracks. For me, at the end of the day, there's more, it, like, there's a whole bunch of really good tracks, and then there's tracks that really stand it out, like Genesis, The Spell, Mathematics, and Pompeii, and, you know, uh, Radiant City and stuff. So, I freaking love it. Actually, the closing track as well, Ohms. The next one on my list is going to be Saturday Night Wrist. Yeah, buddy, I ranked it up really high for this list. This was going to be probably my second worst album that they have done but you know what after talking to Hector from that chill dude on the couch he really convinced me to listen to this album again uh, and you know what I did I went back and listened to it I played it once and I thought yeah that's some pretty sweet stuff there and then I played it again and again and again and again and you know what I don't know why he gets I mean no sorry I can understand why he gets a lot of hate I can but there were some really fucking awesome tracks here if we're going to ignore the fan favorite pink cell phone for a minute, all right? Yes, we know, pink cell phone, yes, blah, blah, blah. Come on, let's hear an acoustic rendition of that track, everyone. <laughs> okay, ignoring pink cell phone. I can understand the hate that this album will receive purely because 
it's like an unfocused effort and it's you know the band pretty much in their worst state almost but then you got some really sick tracks like holy earth is a pretty it's a nice opener it's not this heavy hard hitter but it, it's this really atmospheric awesome opener uh mine and rats 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 king dracula which a lot of people really enjoy as well so that's a bit surprising cherry waves you know rapture rapture damn that is a kick-ass track so there's some heavy songs on offer there's some atmospheric stuff on offer it's probably not it's probably one of the most um as far as the production goes a bit odd and quirky you know it doesn't flow too well i feel it's just a bunch of tracks going slapped in there and whatever let's release it it's been two years let's put it out there but at the end of the day, if you really just hate it because everyone does, so you need to give it another listen. You really do. There are some sick tracks on offer. Yeah, Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, select, start. Uh, of course, we're going with the Konami code there. But, you know, it's like, it's like the Saturday Night Wrist version of Lucky You. <laughs> it's just that sick little, you know, sampled synth piece and I'll fucking love it it's, it's such a good it's such a good album Saturday Night Wrist cops a lot of hate within the community but it doesn't deserve it I feel I think you gotta give it another play people you really do you really should give it another play oh we're going up to the top four people what's it gonna be at well I can tell you the four spots gonna go to around the fur for me it's an album that is <laughs> it's the quirky uh, album cover. I mean, as, as quirky as probably Deftones album covers can come by, it's like you look at the image of that album cover up here in the corner, you know, and it's like this tells a story that if you haven't read up on it too much, just, it, you know, it, lean, it leans into something like, what, what's going on here? Here is this, you know, lady sitting by a pool just zoned out. And I think we can link you know, our love for Deftones are listening to their music to the way she's giving almost a thousand yard stare you know, all things considered it's just, here's this super sexy looking person and when you're listening to Deftones it's all about super sexy music and we've got that thousand yard stare because Deftones <laughs> and it's just, I don't know, it's such a relatable image when you're looking over the album artwork when you're thinking of you know, album artwork by Deftones. This is probably one of their most iconic. You know, it, everyone can think of this album cover. And there was an article as well by the person in the original uh, cover. And, you know, she talked about 25 years after its release and talking about how she was there and what happened around this point and all this stuff. She, she seems pretty interesting. Um, but, yeah, anyway, enough about the album cover. Let's talk about the freaking music of this track because, I mean, sorry, um, album because. Damn! Talk about anthemic bastard tracks. Talk about these anthemic, sorry, tracks that are so... Oh, fuck yeah. My own summer. Shove it. Shove it. Shove it. Yeah! <laughs> what a track to open up this whole thing. Kickstarter. All right, imagine popping the CD back in in 1997 or whatever it was. I think it was 97. Um, popping it in your little walk, man. Putting on the headphones. Walking down the street. 
my own summer shower, 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 you know, bang, just blaring. How could you not want to conquer the world listening to this? And this is an album that really got as close as the band would see to being new metal. Um, why? I mean, I, it, it, it diverged ever so slightly with, you know, the next one that would come along. But, you know, their first album was just emulating the scene of the time, um, in particular around that new metal sound with Mudvayne, for example, Corn, all that stuff. Uh, in their tone and around the fur really did get as close as they'll probably ever get to new metal but then they would eventually just go out <clears throat> do their own thing and forever be on the outside of the fringe of what music would be expected from a band of their caliber but forging their own future and you know just creating a trailblazing trailblazing sorry effort with lots of people trying to catch up to them so yeah, uh, around the fur people, my own summer, sick, be quiet and drive far away, amazing, around the fur, mascara, labia, rickets, I mean, <laughs> this track, sorry, the first half just plays through, if you go from my own summer all the way to be quiet and drive, it's flawless, it is so good. And then you move along, and yeah, there's some cool tracks here with Lotion, Die, Flu, Die the Flu, um, Head Up, and MX with its secret track. And, <laughs> sorry, I just recorded an image someone posted on the Deftones fan group page, and I don't know if this video would ever reach it, but I hope someone mentions this section, because they were talking about the top 10 worst things Deftones can do for their fans, and someone wrote, play MX in full. <laughs> So it gave me a laugh on that one. I think the other one was talking about like Stephen Carpenter opens up with his flat earth views. And the other one was an acoustic rendition of Pink Cell Phone. <laughs> Some other points like that. Really funny shit there. So yeah, um, yeah, MX with its uh, 37 minute run time there. But of course it's like, here's four minutes and then there's like the last three minute track, whatever it is, you know. Um, yeah, <laughs> I wish they just separated it. This is back when, you know, in the day, people would have secret tracks because you couldn't just skip all the way. You had to hold down and press fast forward. You know, okay, yeah, that's probably about it. So it really was a hidden track thing. It was, you know, it was the 90s. That's what we did. <laughs> it's what a lot of bands did around this time. So, yeah, Around the Fur People, fucking amazing album. Absolutely incredible. So we're going to move along to the next one, of course, which is Diamond Eyes for me. And it's the band's return, of course, after Cheat's accident. And what a way to really just crash onto the scene and show that, you know, we're back and we fucking mean business. <laughs> because it gets down to business right out of the gates with the self-titled track Diamond Eyes. Just that huge riff just playing. You know, it's this huge, huge sound. It's aggression while at the same time just encapsulating it. It is such an invigorating effort. And of course, this is flawless beauty, almost like the album cover is with this owl just being on the moon. Uh, owl being on the front cover, I should say. It's captivating. It's entrancing. It's it's whatever you, you know, use all these big words. It all sounds, it's all the same at the end of the day. You are listening to it from start to finish. This fucking album is incredible. 
Diamond Eyes, Royal Command Control, other ones like 976 Evil, This Place is Death, the Sex Tape, Rocket Skates, uh, you know, Beauty School, You've Seen the Butcher. All of these songs are phenomenal. <laughs> this whole album is incredible. And I feel that it is better than Around the Fur. Also because I think this is the first album that I bought from the Deftones when I was starting to get into the Deftones more. No, I, I listened to, um, sorry, I listened to, I first got into them from their self-titled album because of the track Hexagram, which appeared on, uh, what was it, the MTV Headbangers Ball CD, you know, and that's how I discovered them back in like 2003 or whatever it was. So, you know, I, I knew of the Deftones from there, I listened to a couple of tracks after that, but when I first really got into them, it was after Cheese Accident, unfortunately. But when Diamond Eyes came out, I just remember being absolutely blown away. I was like really getting into them. I had one or two of their albums. I think I had Around the Fur and possibly White Pony. Definitely had Around the Fur. And I remember going, oh, Diamond Eyes, that's Deftones. I haven't heard this album. Bought it. And just playing it on the way back home was just... You know, I've got to play this at full volume because, damn, it's going hard. And it's an album that still just went hard for such a long time. <laughs> Even to this day, it, it hits. It hits hard, people. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess I tie this album uh, to a bit of nostalgia. But I do believe it's highly deserved on this list. Because I think if you went through other people's lists, Diamond Eyes would be one of the top-ranked albums as well. You know, I don't think you could really fault this out. And for good bloody reason. It's amazing to see that the band um, managed to... How do I say this without sounding disingenuous to Chi? I don't want to say overcame, but they grew as a band. You know, um, after his... It wasn't his death, but his accident. Um, after his accident, they learned uh, basically to love each other again and got over their petty squabbles and really enjoy life you know take it for what it is rather than ah oh, whatever we'll go and get fucked up or something like that so yeah they managed to come together for this record of course Sergio's debut album and fuck what an album to debut on this is absolutely oh, I've got to go back and play this thing <laughs> I'm just like I'm looking at the track list right over on the screen here and I'm like mm -hmm. <laughs> You've seen the butcher? <laughs> you know, beauty school? Oh, come to daddy. <laughs> Nine, seven, six, evil. Those three numbered people. <laughs> yeah, so this album. Yeah, number three for me, quite easily. So we're going to get to the top two spots. Who do you think is going to win? I mean, we've got two albums to choose from here. Yep, for me, number two is going to go to White Pony. Yeah, I did not make it number one, people. Uh, White Pony was an album for a long time that probably sat right at the top spot, of course, of number one. But, you know what, looking back at it, this is an album, I think that's made my top ten songs of all year for fucking ages. Or top ten albums, whatever, for quite a while on Spotify. I played White, uh, I'm sorry, White Pony constantly in the last couple of years it's it's a flawless effort one of the best albums to come out of the noughties um, 
if you went back to the noughties and said, all right, you know, albums that influenced the entire decade, this one would have to be right up there in the list. Back to School, Mini Maga, Felicia, um, Digital Bath. What? Digital Bath is such a good track. Uh, Elite, Street Car, RX Queen, Teenage Knife Party. Oh, go get your knife, people. Come on now, celebrate this song by getting your knife. Teenager, you know, Korea, I love that track. It's it's like a deep cut, that track. You know, not many people will, um, you know, out of all the songs that they've got in their you know, list, people won't really, people overlook Korea. And I feel it's a deep cut track that is really good for their catalogue. Um, Passenger, of course, uh, the effort there with Manyard Keating. And, wait, did I say Keating? Uh, Manyard from Tool. I meant Manny Keating. Who the fuck is Matt? I don't know. Anyway, anyway. Changing the House of Flies. And, yeah, Pink Maggot. <laughs> it's probably the only track that's a bit, um. Yeah, that one could have been left off the list. Anyway, but despite all that, it is. From start to finish, a pretty flawless effort by the band. And the one that really launched them into stardom. So, you know, there's this really iconic album cover as well. Just the, you know, white album cover with the horse running off in the distance. Uh, the outline of the horse, I should say. And it's a very iconic image of the times. So, White Pony is a, such a good album. And I don't think I need to talk about it too much. Because everyone who's a Deftones fan knows it's fucking awesome. Um, if this, if I ranked it lower, I'd have to talk about it much more as to why, but it's not the case, because it's such a fucking good album. If you haven't listened to White Pony, listen to it, because you are not going to be let down. So yeah, if you're thinking about Deftones and where to start, this is the album I would probably say to start. Excluding number one. Which, of course, is going to go to Koina Yokan. Everyone, that is my favorite Deftones album of all time because fuck you, it's my list. <laughs> no, uh, for, for me, as I said, Diamond Eyes was like the first album that I bought, you know, when it came out. And I was really getting into the Deftones. Uh, the Deftones, people are going to kill me for that one. Um, and I was really getting into Deftones. So when, you know, Koino Yokan came out, what was it, like two years after, I think, it was like, I remember just walking in and going, oh, new Deftones song, <laughs> picked it up, went down, bought it, and, you know, I would have got this thing probably about a week or two after it came out, and it stayed in my car for probably a month, <laughs> on loop, it was just constantly playing, again, it was another album where, the opening track was an absolute banger with Swerve City, um, and then followed on with Romantic Dreams, Letters, Poltergeist, and Tuned Graphic Nature, Tempest, Scores, Goon Squad, Rosemary, What Happened to You, all these tracks. Wow. It is such a flawless album, again, from start to finish. And there was an added bonus as well because... When this album came out, or shortly after it came out, I should say, Spotify was starting to pick up its game and really become a thing. And I, I have this um, very strong memory with one of the tracks on this. And I guess this is really going to help when you're going to be listening to music. If you can link a, a strong memory to a 
you know, a song, and everyone can do it for certain songs. I'm sure you could tell me below in the comment section, if I listen to this track, it reminds me of this thing. You know, it's kind of like smell. You know, you can remember a smell and it reminds me of this thing. So if you have a track that invokes a very specific memory, you're going to be more tempted to it because of nostalgia factor. And for me, this happens on Koino Yogan. And in particular on the track Tempest. I just remember being in Cambodia at the time and we were sitting back in a bar, um, just chilling, having a few beers. And my friends are like, oh, put your music on or whatever. We'll, we'll sit back and play pool, and, you know, and have a few beers. And you put your music on for once. And that was a rarity because everyone hated my music. <laughs> and I thought, well, fuck you guys. I'm going to play Deftones. I don't give a shit. So here I am. I'm putting on their new album, Coin No Your Gun. And I'm playing it from start to finish. And it was like, you know, sunny afternoon type of thing. Had some blinds drawn, racking up pool, singing a few beers. And then by the time that tempest came around, the sun was really setting. And I can, I can still picture it in my mind as I'm talking about it. The sun was really setting down. And, you know, the sunrise, uh, sunset, sorry, was hitting. And it was this very faint orange glow beneath uh, the, where the curtains and the um, edge of the wall was. So there was like, you know, a small gap or whatever. And you could just see this faint orange glow just out there. And I just remember sitting back on the couch. Tempest is opening up. And sitting back with a beer, just kind of being in this transient state. I'm transcending or whatever. And I'm just looking at, you know, my mates there. And this orange glow in the background behind him. And being sun-kissed and just being in this like heavenly state euphoric state you know and for me yeah like I'm, I'm getting chills just talking about it now so every time I play Tempest it takes me back to that moment in Cambodia and it's like nothing can touch me and just you know there's a few other tracks as well that'll do that like Fields of Gold by Sting um, again, that'll take you back to another time, but Tempest is a very strong emotional song for me, that connection that I have, just good times with, you know, my good friends. And it's not because of that one track that it ranks at number one. For me, I think Koino Yorkan is the better album of the White Pony and Koino Yorkan releases, because it is an album that is more refined, you know, there's, while White Pony was, <clears throat> how do I say it, exploring new adventures and stuff like that, um, Koino Yalkan is a band effort that was more focused. It was more aimed in one direction, no, not aimed in one direction. It was a more focused effort where White Pony was experimental for the bands at the time, the band standard at the time. Uh, it's like Koino Yokan, they knew what they had done for White Pony and you know, albums prior, and they just managed to do it at such a better scale of things. Like, I guess that's how I can describe it. I hope, I hope you understand it if you're watching that now. Uh, but that's that's how I would describe it, because, yeah, for me, that's it. Koino Yokan is the best Deftones album. Number one spot, you know. Let me know below, people. How would you rank the albums? You don't have to include the B-Sides, Rarities, Eros, or you know the remixed version of uh, White Pony. You can just tell me the basic list. You can give me a rundown. Start from where you would rank number one down to the last one, of course. So number one being your top spot, 
all the way down the bottom, alright? So, people, thank you for joining me on this episode of Worst to Best in regards to Deftones. I hope to be doing a few more of these types of episodes, and maybe I might do one on Weezer soon, or some other artists that I'm thinking of doing it on. Who knows? I really want to do this more often, because I do love talking about these albums, and I had you know, uh, written this one out, or sorry, I had put, into, had put the list together a while ago, and I put it up for so long here, you know, I actually did, this is the second time I'm recording it, because the first time I recorded it, you know, I was in this beautiful area, and it was just too windy, so the entire recording that I did was ruined, it was just, you know, I'd be talking, I like Deftones, white, and it's a good, you know, <laughs> and I'm listening to it just going, ah, oh, fuck, <laughs> I can't use any of this footage, so... Yeah, if you've enjoyed this episode, do the socials, leave a like, make sure you subscribe to us, we're a growing channel, we like to put out lots of music related content, including, once again, the plug for my Eros Retro Review, click it and have a look, <laughs> so yeah, if you can um, sub to us, that'd be very much appreciated. You know, if not, share this video with other friends. Share it on other Deftones pages and tell them, damn, this guy's a fool. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I can't believe you rank Koina Yolkan higher than others. <laughs> share it around, big boy. Don't mind, you know. We're all, being Deftones fans, we love to talk about their albums, so, you know, we're all entitled to our opinions, I guess. Anyway, you have a great day, people, and stay spicy. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Live Listener Raced. And if you have enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with all your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our Chili Con Carnage crew so you can get notified for all the future videos that we put out, as we put out videos every Friday. Also, we are on Discord, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter over at Live Listener Race, so make sure to tune in over there. And don't forget to like this video so that our manager can stay very happy.